0: Hello, and welcome to part two of our special 2013 edition of Spiffing Review. You've hopefully already listened to part one. If not, why not check your podcast client of choice to listen to us talk about the movies we should have reviewed last year. Anyway, enjoy the show. Simon
1: and Wayne's Spiffing Review, with your hosts, Simon
0: Jones and Wayne Bolt. Okay, Trailer Park time. Excellent. So, Trailer Park, for those of you who... uh... Maybe new to the show. If you're new to the show, this would be really weird for you. And you probably want to come back again. Um, we go to the IMDb website and pick, sort of at random, uh, five trailers. Uh, and, and we give you our views on them. Yeah, no documentaries, no TV stuff, just
1: theatrical trailers.
0: Yes, so the first of which is the Dallas Buyers Club. Yep,
1: which is about some macho guy who discovers he has AIDS. And is it, then, he's told
0: he has 30 days to live originally. Yes,
1: and then does some kind of slightly dubious drugs trafficking from Mexico in order to try and help himself and other people who have AIDS. Yeah, I think that's what it's about. I think so. Yeah, um, um, Matthew McConaughey is the main guy, and he looks really good in it. I thought he he looks very thin. He, he's he's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar because generally, if an actor plays some or well, play someone, with a disease, yeah. and loses they lose either loses yeah. loads of weight or puts on loads of weight. Yeah. Then they're, they're going to get asked. Yeah. Just look at Daniel Day Lewis. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, um, but it, it does look good in terms of the cast. Yeah, you think
0: so? uh, I, I found it. It was quite a dull trailer. Yes, that,
1: all... that was the problem of my head. It kind of went on for too long. I thought as well. The initial setup was quite interesting. I like, I like the idea of this ridiculously macho guy being told because it's set in when was it set? Early eighties, I assume. Yes, that's um, when HIV became fashionable. Yeah, and this really macho bloke being told that he's got a disease that at the time was essentially the gay disease, and he just was like, "That's impossible. What are you talking about?" And took it as a personal insult. Yeah, that initial setup was really interesting mm-hmm. from a character point of view. But yeah, then the trailer kind of just waffled on and on, oh. and on and on and on and on and on and on and tried to make it look like it was this kind of heartwarming, uplifting mm. movie, which it might be, but. I didn't give away ending. It's another, it's another one of too, much, too not, much trailer. It's not going to have a happy ending, is it? Probably not, not no. But okay. they, they, they might try and make it happy. Well, well, it is the movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, main problem I had, though, is uh, there's no apostrophe in the title. And with the Dallas Buyers Club, there should definitely be a, an apostrophe in there somewhere. So that bothered me a little uh, bit. Any, anywhere in particular? Well, either before or after the S in Buyers. Because yes. it's the club that belongs to the Dallas Buyers.
0: Yeah. Or, or a Dallas there Buyer. There is actually quite a debate about apostrophes going on uh, in England at the minute. Really? Yeah. Because um, people are starting to not use them. Yeah, be- evidently. Yeah. Um, I think it's because it doesn't look good on URLs. So you can't have them really in URLs. So people are just yeah, yeah. saying like, they're yeah. the baker's oven. But because they can't have the apostrophe as part of baker's, um, they just ignore it. And I think that's just spilling over into into um, everyday Grammar, yeah. Punctuation and grammar is really important because it's the difference between helping your uncle Jack
1: off a horse or helping your uncle Jack off a horse.
0: Yeah, and you don't want to get the tea confused. Exactly. So anyway, moving on, we have. Oh, In- oh hang on, oh, no, no. Oh, hello. No no. No. no, no. We've forgotten something. Uh, yeah. It's, it's almost like it's been a while since we did this. it. Has, yeah, that's um, it. At the end of each of the trailer reviews, we like to rate them using the Gertie uh, scale, yeah, of which the with printing. every passing year becomes more and more obscure. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, for those of you who remember the film Moon the wonderful Duncan Joe's film once again get the punctuation right is it the wonderful Duncan Jones film or the wonderful Duncan Jones film
1: I don't know and if it's Duncan Jones's film is it Jones apostrophe or Jones apostrophe S you know it's just very complicated
0: yes so anyway uh, in that film there's a robot called Gertie who communicated for the use of emoticons and yes. we're going to be doing the same thing here but we have to read
1: ours out yeah. as well it's emoticons to... and Kevin Spacey's voice yes but we can't afford Kevin Spacey to give the verb anyway down Bars Club sad face Ambivalent face for me, because it didn't look like a bad film but I didn't wasn't particularly interested either. So yes. inside Lewin Davis.
0: Now this is a film by the Cohen brothers yep. um, starring Oscar Isaac, uh, who plays a folk singer who's a partner from his duo he was in a films off of a bridge. And it looks like this film is about him going back to his roots, Yes. Um, sent to a Month in the Sun soundtrack, by the looks of things. Yeah, and
1: some stuff happens. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a, different to Dallas Buyers Club, this is a trailer that doesn't really show much. It kind of sets up some of the characters, but coming away from it, I didn't really have any idea what was going to actually no. happen in the film, uh, which in this case I thought was a good thing. Yeah. Um, it looks like gentle fun, given it's Coen Brothers, it probably isn't.
0: <laughs> um but yeah. Well, I mean, it's got that Old Brother of Art now vibe yes. about, about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the cast was really intriguing. Mm-hmm. got Kerry Mulligan, who is, of course, is of course Mrs. Mumford. Really? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Did you not know that? I did not know that. No, well, she is. Which probably explains why she's in it, and there's lots of uh, Marcus Mumford involvement in it. Indeed. Um... And also, it's got Jonathan Goodman in it.
1: Jonathan Goodman? Oh, yes. Yes, who's always yeah. excellent. Mostly just called John Goodman. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh yeah, and yeah, it just looks uh, quite quite intriguing, and um, yeah, good trailer essentially. and mm. yes. the trailer probably represents the film quite well. Yes,
0: uh, so I'm giving that a Gertie of a happy face. Yes,
1: happy face indeed. Uh, which brings us on to all the boys love, not Mardy Lane. Mandy. that's what it says here. Mandy Lane. All the
0: boys love Mandy Lane. Yes, I thought this was going to be about uh, some um, boys who really love road signs and love roads. Yeah, and, but just it's not. Just a nice street. Yes, it, it's not a nice street. Uh, Mandy Lane is the eponymous, uh, elusive college virgin who uh, all the boys want to have a crack at.
1: Yeah. And a bunch of boys and Mandy Lane and some other people go off to a house for yeah. the
0: weekend. And then it turns into a run in a mill trapped in a house horror movie. Yes. Now, I it was... It's made by the, uh, the same people who made the film The Wackness. <laughs>
1: yeah, The Wackness. It's a good film, that. Um... Is Tyler Perry in it? Oh, I don't
0: know. I don't know. Uh, if any of you out there have watched The Whackness yes. and are willing to... Do let us know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and you can also send us a review, yeah. which we'll try to read out. Because the trailer was very proud that it was from the creators yes. of The Wackness. Yeah. But that, uh, unfortunately, turned out to be the most interesting thing about the trailer. Yeah, um, I think it would have been quite a ballsy
1: move if the trailer hadn't revealed the fact it was a horror movie at all. If it just set it up as this kind of... Teen romance about, oh, so when, like what, American Pie yeah, style so then what you'll get
0: you're going to get an audience going and expecting to see American Pie exactly and then they get a whole movie that would be yeah. amazing Yeah, uh, I'd just love to be in an audience for that film but you wouldn't be there would you because you wouldn't have gone to that film I wouldn't
1: have thought no but they could have like I don't know told us about it or something <laughs> right, you know yeah. what I mean, it's, it's one of those impossible to market films essentially a bit like Cabin in the Woods that was another film that was impossible to market because you like what it's about you don't actually want to tell people mm-hmm. what it's about um, and it seems like this film, probably, if you go into this film not knowing anything about it, it would probably be quite a shocking, unexpected, freaky film. Yeah. But if you see the trailer, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Um, which is a bit of a shame.
0: Anyway, skip to the end. Uh, sad face. I've seen um, it all before.
1: Yeah. Sad face. Um, okay. Right. Right. Brings us on to the book thief. Um, and again here, what's worth remembering is that at the trailer park, we are more reviewing the trailer not than the, the film. film. So, the film looks like quite a decent film, it does suffer from silly accent syndrome, which is something that I increasingly have trouble watching, which is when um, a film is made in the English language, but it's actually set in a country where they don't speak English. It'd it and would be like trying to watch a feature-length
0: episode, or
1: feature-length uh, feature of Allo Allo? Yes, exactly. And it's just ridiculous. Like, in a comedy like Allo, Allo hello, hello, hello. Um it's kind of amusing, um, but when you have a serious film with English and American actors doing German accents, it's just ridiculous. So you don't think Anne you know, um, Frank's story would work uh, if it was done in the Hello Hello style? Probably not, no. Something I loved about *Inglorious Bastards is that all the characters in that film speak their own languages, mm. like, properly. And there's multiple different subtitles, and you've got French speakers, English speakers, German speakers. Yeah. It's brilliant, and it properly... it makes the film feel epic just through using different languages. Yeah. Um, this kind of fake, let's pretend we're German by speaking in a, in a bizarre accent thing. Like, can you imagine if I don't know, a German film studio made a film set in America, entirely starring German actors, speaking German but with an American accent? It just doesn't make sense. It's just it's weird. Anyway, so that's just my own thing that I can't quite get my head. Okay. About. Anyway, back to the trailer. Yeah. Um, first half the trailer. Okay. Set up the story. Was doing a good job. Uh, nothing too much to
0: complain about and and it had this
1: weird crisis of confidence
0: yes well the, well, the trailer looks like the set in the film to be it's a young girl who's some sort of royal am not quite sure of, of her origin she's hiding from the Nazis and she likes books yes uh, and then voiceover man appears yeah and, and we've not heard from voiceover man in a long long no. time and and
1: the particular voiceover man because there's multiple voiceover mans there's there's the action voiceover man who's the most famous one who is kind of cool uh then you have the kind of romantic comedy voiceover man who's just a twat. And then you
0: have... Sentimental idiot Sentimental
1: patronising man, man yes. which is who we get this time round, mm. where it just sounds like he's he thinks you're an idiot and he's talking down to you because you don't understand what this trailer is telling you, so he better tell you, and it's just awful. And th- Yeah, it turns it into a terrible, terrible trailer. At the same time as, as annoying voiceover man starts up, so does soaring... Amazing orchestral music to make you feel something. It's like, no, you'd already sold the film. Now you've actually destroyed the film and annoyed me, and I'm not going to watch yep. the movie. Anyway, it
0: stars Jeffrey Rush, um, and it's on the makers of Life of Pie, and I give it a sad face. Yep, sad face. So whoever edited that trailer, um, it's your fault, we're not going to go see the film. Mm. Okay, and lastly, we have The counselor Yes. Now, we're, uh, we're going to be a bit picky about grammar and yes, again. This now. is a
1: theme going on here for some reason. Um, if you go to IMDb, you'll see that in the listing it's called the Councillor with two L's, uh, but the poster image has only one
0: L. We'll point out at this point as well: it's the Councillor with an S, not with a C. Yes, it's yes. not about local government. No, no, definitely not. Um, and then in, in the film
1: credits itself it is spelled again with two L's, but it seems like whoever designed the poster spelt the title wrong. Yes. Or well, there's some kind of inconsistency going on there, whether it's it in the US, UK. Anyway,
0: well, anyway, it's a Ridley Scott film. Yes. Um, so you were saying earlier on how Ridley Scott one makes really good films. Well, good-looking
1: films. Ridley Scott has made a couple of amazing films. Alien, Blade Runner. Gladiator. Both stunning. Gladiator is good. It's not on the same level as those two, I wouldn't say. Thelma Louise is right, um, But a lot of the rest of his work isn't that great. Hmm. It always looks absolutely stunning. He's like a, a visual genius. Um, but so often the stories
0: just don't quite Yeah, so... Work. No, this film, it's, it's just a crime caper film, from what I can tell. The counsellor in question, what, some sort of psychiatrist, I'm guessing, doesn't really t- I don't think it really matters what sort of counsellor he is, um, but there's some sort of package, drugs, jewels, who knows, uh, which gets stolen by a rival gang, I'm assuming, uh, and a few celebrity cameos will get a bit angry, and there's lots of shooting and blood. Yeah,
1: the, the cast looks good. It's got Javier Bardem and Brad Pitt shows up. And J-Lo and Cameron Diaz. I mean, the cast's excellent. Mm. Um, it's lovely in the way it's shot obviously uh, I'm kind of glad that it's nice to see Scott doing something like this because he spent so long doing sci-fi or historical epics and just these big slightly ridiculous movies that always seem to get away from him a bit mm. that I'm hoping that just doing a crime caper maybe it will be tied to an actually a, a better nice. film um, we shall see um,
0: but yeah it I don't um, think the trailer really sold it that much though. no it looks a bit too generic yeah uh, I wanted something else it's, it's the sort of thing where I think if it turned up on Channel 4 or Film 4 HD or something late at night when it's raining there's nothing else to do then you might sit down and watch it Yeah, you, could, you could
1: sort of take the trailer and swap out the cast members for Jason
0: Statham and and that ilk mm. and I think it would still kind of work I would say the man would have worked better on his trailer <laughs> Yes. Yeah. anyway uh, for that reason because uh, the trailer wasn't that great that's another sad face that's not a sad face for me this yeah. week ambivalent face for me because it could go either way Okay, so Trailer of the Week. Oh, I think has got a be inside Lumen Davis. It's the only one which I yeah. gave a smiley face to.
1: Yep, definitely. Um, definitely the best trailer. And also looked like a good film.
0: Yeah. Um, Alright, so lastly, we come on to talking about the main feature we want to talk about, which is Pacific Rim. Yes. Specifically.
1: Yes, specifically Pacific Rim. Now, this is the film that Guillermo del Toro went off to do instead of The Hobbit. Mm. Uh, which... I reckon was quite a good move.
0: Yes. So, Simon, do you want to tell our loyal audience who may not have had a chance to see this wonderful film what it's all about?
1: Okay. So, essentially, it is about giant robots fighting giant monsters. Essentially, that is the setup, uh, and it's a setup we've seen many times before, but in the hands of a filmmaker who has grown up absolutely loving this genre. Mm-hmm. And knows it inside out, and has this kind of fiery passion—not just for the mechs, the the Jaegers, these big hunter robots that are controlled by people, but also for the kaiju, the monsters. Um, in all of his previous work, whenever a monster shows up, you can tell that it's not just the monster of the week or like the the, the thing in the background in the movie. Like for Guillermo del Toro, the monster is the hero of his films. Um, yes. And Pacific Rim is kind of everything that he's ever loved in a movie.
0: Yeah. So, in in a nutshell, uh, monsters have broken through from another dimension uh, in the Pacific. Um, in order to protect themselves, the uh, the human race uh, comes together. Uh, it, it's sort of like the what could have happened at the end of the Watchmen if the Watchmen yes. movie had started stayed to the, the graphic novel, <laughs> where in the graphic novel you had. Uh, a, uh, the appearance of a big gribbly alien spoilers again it's a, quite a spoilery episode yeah um, and then uh, the human race and together to fight off the uh, the, the evildoers and the monsters this is basically what's happening so you've got the pacific pacific based countries America all under threat uh, China Japan all under threat and you'll have to come together and you all try different ways of doing things so in the end they come up with this idea of making huge great monsters to fight these huge no huge great robots to fight the huge great monsters yep. not around
1: Yes, and uh, on paper it does sound pretty ridiculous, but where the film and even
0: I mean even when you're looking watching the film, it is nothing more than a grown-up uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an aspect of that, and it's kind of unashamed of that as mm-hmm. well.
1: But what it does really well is build the world.
0: Yes, I think it's it's, it's very much a, a love letter to those Japanese monster movies and all of that. All of those elements in there, including some of the soundtrack, uh, it harks back to that original Japanese monster movie style, and you can tell that Del Toro here really loves this genre, and it just appears on screen, and it's just a fantastic.
1: Yeah, is, is, bit of filmmaking. It, it's the most kind of palpable sci-fi universe I've seen for a while. It mm. kind of reminded me. Of the kind of Alien Blade Runner feel, or even the early mm. Star Wars movies, where everything's dirty and used, yeah. and feels
0: like it was built essentially. The, the, we've got to say the plot and dialogue is a bit chunky along the way, mm. uh, and there's a good use of racial stereotypes with the uh, <laughs> um, British scientists, and and Russians, and the Russians, and, yes. and, and all sorts. But you know, you can forgive it because it's but just again a, it's cartoon characters,
1: isn't it? Yes, that's that's the style. It's a live mm. action cartoon in in a lot of ways. Um, but I read an interesting blog post which was talking about this and it was talking about the fact that it's been criticised a lot for dialogue and plot and this kind of thing. And it was saying that you're judging the film from a literary point of view. This is how you judge a novel because that's what a novel can do. Pacific Rim is doing stuff visually mm. and that's where its storytelling comes in. Um, and if you don't engage with that thing that it's doing, you're kind of missing the point almost. And so, on that level, it's incredibly sophisticated film. Mm.
0: We we quite often have uh, a lot of criticisms of other films which use giant robots for their fight sequences. Yeah. Um, now what's that? What's, what's that really horrible one? Yeah, Michael Bay did some the Transformers. Transformers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely terrible. I think mean, if you go back and listen to our Transformers episodes, you'll know that our big issue with those is that during the fight sequences, you got no you, just, idea. you can't see what's going on, and you may as well just go and have a pee and get some popcorn. Yeah, it'd be more exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whilst the fight scenes are happening. What I really love about Pacific Rim is the fact that the fight scenes are easy to follow and they've been choreographed really well and they're really slow. What's happened is Guillermo del Toro's gone. These are huge, great monsters and robots. They're going to be slow moving. And as a result, the fights just seem more, I'd say realistic. Yeah, but it, it fits. Thing, it fits. It's the first
1: big CG monster movie, I think, that I've ever seen where I was actually quite intimidated and concerned about the monsters. Mm. Like, genuinely, like, so often, particularly with CG monsters, uh, you just feel slightly distanced from the whole thing yes. or you lose the scale. I think, and,
0: I, I think the reason why uh, the fights really work and why you care about it and why you sort of are a bit. The, you, sort of, you did what you saw with the monsters is, is the fact that they look like uh, the CG's been done so cleverly that it looks like actually it's just two people in suits fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And that's the feel which you get from it. Once again, it goes back to how the fight scenes in the Japanese monster movies uh, were done was two people dressed in suits um, bashing each other around. This is all done with CG but it's got that feel to it and I think that's why it works really, really well. Yeah, it's and has and, and, and physicality to Yeah, it. and also harking back to uh, uh, the Man of Steel uber amounts of destruction and collateral damage, it was kept to a sort of minimum here. It wasn't like huge cities being mm. wiped out. Um, well, the, the humans actually had tactics. You know, mm. They had
1: all this stuff in place to try to stop that from happening. Yes. Um, and But that was always a threat. The threat of complete destruction was all the way through the film. And you really felt it, because every single fight against the monsters, you didn't really know which way it was going to go. Mm. Um, it felt... Like, everything is stacked up against the humans. Um, and, yeah, it, I think something that's really clever in all the fights is that there's always something familiar in the shot, whether it's a fishing boat or a helicopter buzzing past in the background or some buildings. Yeah, there's always something to kind of ground it back into something we know about. Yep. So it never just turns into one CG thing fighting another CG thing. Yep. Um, which, to go back to the Marvel movies, like a lot of the Iron Man films, they climax with load of CG things fighting a load of CG things and you feel like you've suddenly switched into watching a cartoon and the funny thing about Pacific Rim is it comes from this love of this kind of source cartoon movies and this kind of thing um, and yet feels far more real than what's come before Mm. Um, and yeah I think with the Hellboy movies Del Toro showed a kind of understanding of how to shoot visual effects in a way that works really well and that it doesn't feel like Oh, and now we've cut to our big special effect. It always felt like it was integrated into the world. Um, And that's something he does so brilliantly in Pacific Rim.
0: Yeah. So I think it's a general thumbs up from us for Pacific Rim.
1: Yeah. um, yeah, I liked it far more than I expected. Um, I was expecting... It to be fun.
0: Yeah, and um, even, uh, it, it overcame the fact we went to the Hollywood cinema uh, here in Anglia Square. Yes, uh, the Norwich. Alan
1: Partridge cinema.
0: Yeah, the Alan Partridge cinema where the world premiere of Arthur Papa, didn't really talk about that, that's a very good film, but that's for a different podcast maybe, um, was there. It, it's such a 1970s style yep. uh, experience. And I wonder if that may be added for that film. I wonder <laughs> if that throwback kind of setting actually helped the viewing yeah. of well, it it's the slightly yeah, but, grimy nature of it yeah, and yeah. The, and soft, the, 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 off the seats screen were and not quite at the right angle yeah um, you don't actually face the yeah. screen the, the, the sound <laughs> wasn't particularly impressive yeah, you just needed some cigarette smoke sort of hanging yeah. in the air above your head yeah. but it just seemed to work it doesn't to add for that particular film it just seemed to work so that's so really uh, yeah. really good I wonder if I'd go there again though possibly hmm, not possibly yeah. not
1: but yeah Pacific Rim um, amazing you have to engage with it on its own terms in a lot of ways um, if you do then there's a lot of detail and a lot of Stuff to get out of it. Um, it's not going to win awards for its acting or its dialogue, but that's not what it's set out to do no. at all. So,
0: excellent stuff there. Um, I was hoping to get round to watching *Atlantic Rim*, so I was able to give yeah. a, a a view from the other big ocean. Uh, *The Atlantic Rim*, uh, well, oh, sorry, not *The Atlantic Rim*. *Atlantic Rim* is um, a, 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 a is an asylum um, picture. Yes, creators of such marvelous things as battle. Or Los Angeles, yeah, and Sharknado, yeah. which uh, was hit the news. <laughs> it did, yeah. It just seemed to somehow catch the the, the wave of excitement. Uh, Sharknado is a crazy film. Um, if you're going to watch it, watch it in the social setting, uh, either as a shared experience on Twitter or with friends, or probably more usefully uh, with lots of booze involved. Yeah, whatever you do, don't just watch it on your own. No, don't sit down to watch it. Uh, assuming it's going to be a masterpiece, it is a crazy, crazy film. Um, and *Atlantic Rim, I think, is going to be worse than Sharknado. Sharknado, sometimes the Simon get it, somehow get it so wrong, it sort of works because just the sheer naffness of it all um, makes it an enjoyable experience, but sometimes their films are shockingly terrible.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, That's enough of that.
1: Yeah. So... So yes, uh, Pacific Rim, highly recommended. It's another film that not many people went to see. Uh, I think it was difficult marketing-wise because the premise is ridiculous. And also I think Michael Bay has kind of soured this whole genre. Hmm. Um, And people that have already found out they hate the Transformers movies will have seen the trailers for Pacific Rim and assumed it's the same kind of stuff. But
0: there's, there's so much more going on in it and it can't yeah. be judged on the maybe same, maybe Michael Bay would have watched this and we'll go back to some of the uh, stuff he's doing for Transformers 3 oh, has that been out and gone? yeah that's out 4 he's doing now oh, right, okay. which is meant to be
1: a sort of ish reboot or something well, But yeah, maybe he can, can learn a few it? things mm. yeah. is he doing
0: Turtles as well I don't know I don't oh, pay. Lost, I don't lost, pay a huge amount I'm of lost, attention to what he's doing I'm these lost days. Lost track. Oh, he's doing what <laughs> <and things. laughs> anyway, so uh, that's it. So until next time, which may well be next year or maybe yeah, next week. Who knows? Who knows? We um, like to be uh, keep on your toes. Uh, but yeah,
1: subscribe or follow the blog or what have you. And uh, yes, we shall be back at some point in the future. But until then, it's goodbye. Doodolo.
0: If you'd like to contact us, you can email Simon and Wayne at spiffingreview.com. Follow us on Twitter at spiffingreview, or visit our website at spiffingreview.com. Spiffing Review is an It's a Trap production.